Hey, this is Grace Smith. You're listening to Bradley's House. Hey guys, welcome back. Come on in and make yourself at home, as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation and our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really great. How are you, Jared? Well, Kelly, it's uh, three below zero. We've got two feet of snow and uh, there's no sign of it getting any warmer. So how, how else would I be doing? I'm, I'm wonderful. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry to laugh every time you talk about how cold it is, but I mean, it was like 75 here today. I was driving with the top down on my car. It was gorgeous. And I'm so sorry to rub that in your face, but it was lovely. I left, I left a gallon of milk in the car and it froze. It's frozen. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, ra- it's a weapon right now. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! But I'm sure it's lovely and beautiful. And no, it's it's none of those things. But thank you for trying. Um, <laughs> that's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. So Kelly, I'm I'm always excited whenever we get a chance to do a new episode of Bradley's House. We've had so many awesome guests, and especially to kick off this year. Um, and throughout the, we've had a lot of guests that have been featured on the House That Bradley Built compilation album. And we get to hear so many guests talk about how they grew up listening to Sublime and they, you know, they liked Brad so much and his music influenced them so much into what they're doing. And today we kind of get to go the other way because I'm super excited because we have somebody on that your brother was a huge fan of and that influenced him a lot. Kelly, who's our house guest today? Absolutely, Jarrett. So we have gotten lots of requests for different guests. And of course, we can't have everybody all at once. It does take us some time to get through the list. But I'm super excited to have with us today from the Ziggins, the man that made Brad drink, if he is to be believed in greatest hits. Please welcome Bert Suzanka. Bert, thanks for being with us today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you to both of you. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. Bert, you have a history with my brother. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that started? Well, let's see. The first thing I recall is um, Mike Happold, also known as Miguel nowadays, Mm -hmm. now that he became a hipster. um, (laughs) Brad used to call him Miguel all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And it it flowed nicely. It worked. It did, Uh, Of course, I still call him Mike, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Mike was in the Ziggins. He was the guitar player and um, he was coming to practice and telling us about this group of fellows that he had come across. And, um, you know, we weren't particularly paying too much attention, but we noticed that he was really uh, going out of his way to say that, you know, these guys have some special talent and things like that. So I said, okay, that sounds cool. And he said, oh, and I set up a show. We're going to be playing with these guys. They're called Sublime. They're a three-piece, and we're going to be playing in Long Beach at the, uh, I think it was the Nugget, if I remember. Ah, I remember the Nugget. And so I don't, Sublime played before us which doesn't 
didn't happen much after that. <laughs> <laughs> but that particular the afternoon, it was an afternoon show. So I remember going in and I saw this three-piece kind of reggae-ish band playing and we were next. And I thought, oh, I don't, you know, white boy reggae. This is not something I... <laughs> It's at that time there just you just didn't see it very often. There was a sure. band called Common Sense, I think. Uh-huh. They were a little more mainstream, but there weren't many. And so I thought, eh, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not a reggae guy. I don't know anything about it, but I did notice that in front of the stage there was five or seven girls with uh, belly shirts with <laughs> uh, rings, navel rings slow dancing in front of this very handsome surfer kid oh and my I thought, gosh <laughs> and I thought oh okay um well I don't know but he's a good looking guy and these girls are seem to really like the band so good for them at the time I thought <laughs> well the songs all kind of sound the same to me but I wasn't uh-huh. paying much I wasn't paying much attention and so, you know, that's about all I remember. I remember that we had our show uh, afterwards and the Sublime guys weren't paying much attention to us either. <laughs> that, that's just the way it worked. Sure. And then w- subsequently we went uh, to uh, the studio where Michael was going to school, uh, Mike or Miguel, mm-hmm. um, Cal State Dominguez Hills and our bass player John was also going there. They were both students in the recording thing. So um, we went in there and we stayed, you know, we were supposed to have one hour sessions. Mike was supposed to have a one hour recording session and John a one hour recording session that had to work on a project and turn it in at the end of the semester. So we said to some folks, hey, uh, can we have your slot? Can we have your slot? We being Mike, of course. Can we have your slot? Can we have your slot? Pretty soon we had hours and hours, and he said, let's just make a Ziggin cassette out of these times. And we were supposed to be in there from like six to nine maximum, but we would stay there from 6 p.m. till about 8 a.m. the next morning. Mm. And the janitor, we gave the janitors beers and we had lookouts at the doors so mm. we could record all night. <laughs> and what would what I never will forget is there was a few times we recorded up to the last second and the dean of the department would pull up in the parking lot. Oh. We'd be spying, seeing him getting out of his car. We would turn all the lights off and run down the back steps. And I always wondered when he walked in and flipped the lights on. I'm sure it smelled like teen spirit in there. (laughs) He had to be going, why does it smell like teen body odor in here? This has been closed for 10 hours. Oh, no. So long story short, that cassette was given by Michael to Brad Knoll. And the next time I bumped into Brad Knoll, he had a little fanny pack and he had that cassette in it. And he he walked up to me and said, you know what's in this fanny pack? I said, no idea. He said, your cassette. And I was embarrassed because I said, oh, let's not talk about it. I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to write. It was the most got up, but something in it 
He says, I keep it in this fanny pack because no one will ever steal it from me. It's my <laughs> prized possession. <laughs> and then Michael gave me their cassette, them sublime. I started right. listening to it and I'm like, you know what? These songs all they they don't sound the same. Each one is unique. Mm. And this guy is great. The bass player is phenomenal. The singing. I was a huge fan immediately. And Brad really loved the fact that in our band, we had two singers. I sang lead and Brad, our Brad, Brad Conyers, our drummer, he sang with me a lot on the songs. We had two guys singing a lot. And um, Brad just, Brad Knoll found that very charming, the way we harmonized together. And I've said this a million times, but. Oh, we we had there was there was no business for our bands to be united. It just mm. it made no sense. As a writer, I was writing novelty songs about like dandruff and toilet paper, <laughs> and and country songs. And Brad and these guys are writing the coolest, hippest, punkest reggae songs. But Brad said, "I hear, I just hear something in your music, even though mm. it was Nerd City." He was like, just do what you do and you'll be my opener. I love you guys. I love your songs. And we had to grow into our sound where Sublime had their sound right off the bat. So Mm -hmm. I had to find myself as a writer. So it took me years to, and I still write novelty songs and country songs, but I also then got into surf music a lot and, Mm -hmm. you know, some punk stuff and different things and our our stuff's all over the map, you know. Our we we don't have a a sound. We have you know. Well, I put it this way: we have elements of blues, uh, 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 country, punk, surf, without really having a feel for any of them. So mm. we just you know we just we just do what we do. But anyways, that's how we came to get together. We started opening shows. The friendship was immediately the commonality was zero but there was a respect and a friendship there based on uh just someone liking someone else who you didn't think would fit together absolutely i just want want to point out that brad really liked the the two singing the two singers that the ziggins had going on it it worked well for you but he wasn't handing another mic out to anybody on his stage so (laughs) no no, nor, nor did he need to. His one man singing trumped. If we'd have had a four piece a barbershop quartet, his one man singing trumped it. So he didn't need a second guy. Oh. Well, I can tell you from from what I know of your music and what I know of the musical background that Brad and I had growing up, that I think part of what attracted him to your music, first of all, the novelty aspect. We grew up listening to Dr. Demento on KMET uh, on Sunday nights. I did so, not know that. Yeah. So the novelty aspect, that would have been right up his alley. And our parents were super into folk music. And so we were raised with, you know, dad playing folk music on the guitar and singing. And uh, it was just a big part of our life. And I think even though you guys weren't exactly or aren't exactly folksy, there is that sort of folksy element to a lot of your music and the and the lyrics and that kind of thing. And, and the diversity too, the fact that you do have so many different styles and, you know, being raised around so many different musical styles, I'm sure that that was part of what he appreciated too. So it never surprised me that Brad loved your music. And I just, 
um, I thought maybe that might help answer the question for you. Oh, oh totally. It, it totally did. I, I didn't know about the Dr. Demento. I knew a little bit about just the family sitting around with acoustic guitars and your dad crooning and grandfather and all sorts mm -hmm. of neat stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't know about the Dr. Demento at all. So, <laughs> so it kind of makes sense together, now. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, so Bert, let me ask you, um, do you eat seafood? Do I eat seafood? Well, I just um, asked because during our anniversary uh, episode, we had uh, Miguel on and I asked him specifically about Bert Suzanka shrimp dip. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, I don't I, I don't even think Bert eats seafood, man. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really do sushi or anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, uh, you know, trout and salmon and stuff. But no, I'm not a huge I, a lot of stuff I just come up with because I have an odd brain. And uh, I was born two and a half months premature, and I've never been quite right. So I just come <laughs> up with all sorts of weird stuff. It doesn't always have anything to do with my my actual <laughs> life. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about Greatest Hits and how many times a week you get referenced on social media about um, being the one to make Brad drink, because I see it all of the time, and, and yeah. Brad brings that up. And if I'm not mistaken, greatest hits, it, it sounds an awful lot like all the fun that we missed. Am I am I picking something up here? No, uh, the one that he uh, modeled all the fun that we missed was Bad Fish. Bad Fish oh. was the song where he um, uh, listened to all the fun that we missed and then told me, he said, I'm going to write a song just like it. Uh, he didn't say I'm going to write a song that's 10 times better, but in, either way, <laughs> <laughs> that's where he, yeah, Bad Fish came out of all the fun that we missed and all the fun that we missed. Like I said, that first cassette, I was, when I listened to my voice, I'm like, oh, oh, that's before I even had Brad as my double singer with me. So I was just literally on the microphone and Michael is recording me saying, please, Try to make something, some sound out of your voice we can use. And I was terrified on the mic. But again, Brad heard something. Bradley Knoll heard something. And that he made Bad Fish. And he even told me beforehand, oh, I'm going to go down. That's my favorite one on your cassette. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write one just like it. And I said, okay. You know. <laughs> sure. Have at it. Yeah. <laughs> So now you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, Sublime opened for the Ziggins at, at one point. You guys played a lot of shows together. M Miguel obviously felt incredibly strong about the, the sound that Sublime had and then was such a, a, a huge part of that. When when you started watching them and, and seeing them come together, I mean, and I asked people this a lot that were there for it. Did, did you realize what you were seeing? I mean, did you know that this was going to be a band that was going to go on to sell damn near 30 million records with worldwide fame and be playing in the grocery store and Target every time I walk through? No, I, I don't think it's really possible to, to think that far out when you're in the middle of it and you, you know, you're wrapped up in your own life. I just kept thinking how is it these guys have so many fans? What can I do to get fans? 
because every time we played a show, we had to beg all our friends to come down. And whenever we played with Sublime, there was always a crowd there excited to see them. And I'm like, how do they do this? There was some innate thing with the three of those guys together and that incredible man up front that just attracted people. And it's something that you can't write on a chalkboard. You can't manufacture it. It it is what it is. It was beautiful to watch. Um, and I but I just was thinking, wow, I, I once it got up and running and once things started getting bigger, yes, then I started saying, Okay, these guys are going these guys are the next police. This is happening. But no, in the beginning, um apart from the fact that one of the hardest things for a young band is to have people at your shows. You know, you can only call your friends so much. And they just had this thing where people came out. And so that is a remarkable, that's what keeps a band together in the beginning. If you play show after show and people don't come, uh, then that's when band members start to fall off. But they didn't have that problem because they had fans right from the beginning, right from the belly shirt, navel ring, swirling hippie girls right in the beginning. And it was just like, wow, I tip my hat to you. You guys are, you guys have it, whatever it is. Yeah, that's, they certainly do. Now, obviously, you know, uh, Brad was a big fan and he, he spoke about it a lot, but let's get, before Brad, how did the Ziggins come come together? I mean, how did you guys meet? When did you guys start playing shows? Because I, I don't want to just sit here and talk about Sublime. Like, you guys aren't a, a legendary act, uh, especially throughout Southern California, because you guys are. Well, I appreciate that. And um, my thing when I wanted to start a band was I just, I don't want to be in a band with guys that I have nothing in common with just because I just didn't feel like it would work. I mean, and there were guys that I came across who were really good players and I would like to have them in a band, but I had nothing in common with them. So I said, forget it. I don't care if the guys I'm with can play or not. I just want to have friends. I want to have guys that are buddies. And so what happened was I uh, started this thing called the Ziggins with a couple of guys I worked with and you know they they it was nothing and then the first guy I met was Dickie and he was a kid from Fullerton and he he came and I said okay now this guy I can play in a band with we had a friendship he looked like he would be you know like a rockabilly Elvis cat I'm like wow and then he had a buddy John Poutney from high school they both played in bands and that he knew him so he kind of brought him in then then we went out with john poutney to dominguez and john poutney's roommate was this kid named mike happold okay so now you've got mike joins the band you've got myself dicky but at that time dicky went away for a while take a little break and so mike said okay i'll be the lead guitar player poutney was a bass player I was the singer, and, and then I became the rhythm guitar player, too, and eventually the only guitar player for a long time. But we never we never could solidify a drummer. It just was like drummer after drummer after drummer. 
and until finally uh Dickie told us he had this new roommate named Brad Conyers who could sing and play drums. I came over and I played one song on acoustic guitar with him to start harmonizing with me. I said, that's it. So Mike, we told Mike, hey, go out, do what you need to do with Sublime. Have a blast. They need you. You need them. So we told him, just go. It's cool. Don't worry about it. We'll just be a three-piece. So I was on guitar. Poutney's on bass. Brad Conyers on drums. And we played that way for many, many years. Warp tours tours making tons of records and then eventually you know we just missed dickie from the old days so dickie come on in i want to have a second guitar because i'm tired of being the only guitar player and so for many 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 years now it's been the same four dudes um and we just put out a record called oregon it's our first record in 19 years and it has 19 songs one for one for each year and i think you can kind of hear a little bit of everything from the beginning till now. They're all new songs, but you can kind of, there's novelty in there. There's surf punk, a lot of surf music now because I've fallen in love with it. There's ballads. So we're, 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 we're what I call a surf punk band with lots of ballads, which makes no sense. But that's what we are. And that's, that's the long and short of it. You can definitely hear the progression in the new album. And I love that. How did the name come about for those who don't know? Uh, that's the only question that we don't answer. Oh goodness! Sorry. What's 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 a ziggin? It's like it's the it, that that is the main question. Like, what is a ziggin? And we'll just never know. Right. right. Nothing against you, Kelly. I, I love you. You're wonderful. But I, <laughs> I've had everybody, you know, and it's just that's just it's unanswerable. I, now, I respect that. The Thank the. That is your first album in uh, 19 years. Um, and I've got a, a fun confession to make for a, uh, a, a listener of the show who's a, a good friend of the show, Jaime. Um, I've been giving him a hard time uh, ever since the Oregon album came out. And uh, he's, a, he's a big Ziggins fan and a big fan of yours. And I keep telling him that I don't like the album just to razz him. But I, I listen to it quite a bit. So now Jaime knows my <laughs> I can't continue to mess with them about it. Um, so come clean. Uh, yeah, but there is a, there's a really cool uh, backstory, I guess, uh, about the cover of that album uh, from another friend of our shows, from another friend of ours of the show. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Bert. Yes. Um, Steve Jackson, I didn't know him personally until some years ago. He came out from where he resides in Vegas came to a couple shows and um I was there when he presented one of his homemade guitars to uh Brad's son Jake and I was there witnessing it and he said hey I made this guitar I want to give it to you and it was it was a really really touching thing to see Sorry, my voice is kind of jacked up tonight. I've got something going on and I'm losing my voice. But anyways, um, so I just thought, what a wonderful gesture. And so I, but I didn't know too much about it. But then I've, so then he, Steve said to me, hey, if I was going to make a guitar for you, what one would, would, what kind of guitar would you like? But 
I didn't think he was really serious about making one. I think he was just like, oh, what kind of guitars do different musicians like? I didn't know. So sure enough, this box comes to my home and it's this beautiful guitar that he's made in his um, guitar making studio, Uh. garage, whatever you want to call it. But this is the cool part of the story. His wife passed, which is sad. His wife passed away from cancer, obviously. And her name was Tona, T-O-N-A. So his guitar company is called Tona, T-O-N-A, Tona Guitars. And um, so he has, as a tribute, each handmade guitar that he makes, of course, it says Tona on there. And um, so I was just flabbergasted when the guitar came. And I thanked him. I did a little video shoot. And I put it out on Facebook saying what it meant to me and what a beautiful cre- uh, creation it is and how nicely it plays and what a thoughtful person he is. I'm going to sit up here because I'm having trouble with my voice. Um, anyways, so then a short time after that, I see this picture that he put on Facebook. And it's just this haunting picture of a young woman kind of just standing on the beach with her hair kind of, you know, flowing. And she's kind of just, and I said to him, what is that picture? I said, that is so cool. He said, well, that's a picture of Tona as drawn by my daughter when my daughter was in high school. Mm -hmm. I said, your daughter drew that picture when she was in high school. He said, yes. I said, I don't know what it is about that picture, but I love it. And we have a song on our new record called Oregon. We just, we just did. That's what was the title I picked for it. And I said to him, well, where was this drawing, this rendering? Where did it originate from? He goes, well, the picture was taken of my wife when she was in Oregon on the beach. And between having a song called Oregon this picture on a beach in Oregon and there were, I can't even remember. There were like two other things while I was finishing the record that came up about Oregon somehow connected to our lives. It got weird. So I just said to the guys, do you like that picture? They all, all three go love it. I said, great. Well, can we call it Oregon? Because this is starting to get weird. They said, absolutely. And there you have it. That's perfect. I, by the way, I just have to say, I absolutely adore Steve Jackson. He's been a huge supporter of the foundation. He donated one of his handmade guitars to us for the foundation. So it will be in Bradley's house in the music room. He's just the most generous, giving, genuine guy. And so when I saw that you had used a picture of Tona for that, I thought that was great. And by the way, our producer, Anna, is currently wearing a Tona guitar shirt. Even as we speak, she just sent me a picture. (laughs) Holy mackerel. Wow. Anna, kudos to you. She's awesome. Yes, Steve Jackson's an awesome guy, and I, I got a chance to uh, meet up with him a little bit uh, in Las Vegas a few months ago, and he brought out some Tona stickers and a, and a T-shirt, and so somehow Anna left Las Vegas with that T-shirt. So, uh, well, I guess that's, that's, what happens, what is in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. It went no. Back. <laughs> it goes no. home with Anna. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Steve stopped by and uh, her flight actually got delayed. She didn't get to come in on the first night that we were supposed to meet up. So I met up with Steve Jackson and she comes in the next day and I'm like, yeah, Steve was here. And 
brought a couple shirts and she was just like, oh, awesome. And she just kind of folded them and stuck them in her, in her bag. Well she's done. No dummy. That, where, yeah, <laughs> she's no dummy. Uh, by the way, uh, the daughter who drew the picture of her mother, her name is Kayleen. Kayleen yeah, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the story on that. Uh, so we we know about the Ziggins, and if anybody that's a, a fan of this show and that has listened, the Ziggins have come up time and time again, um, especially in, in both of Miguel's episodes. Um, but we also had the pleasure of uh, speaking with uh, Mike Dangerously, and you, uh, you've played in a band and playing in a band with him that's kind of a little bit of fun novelty band as well, right? Uh, yeah, I did for six years. I, I'm not currently in it anymore. Um, Todd Foreman and myself started at Bud, Bud Gah. Uh, I was on a tour with Sublime with Rome. I did part of the tour with just open as the opening act with an acoustic guitar. And so uh, there was like a wild bunch bus. And then there was the dads and the boring guys bus. And on the boring bus was me, Todd Foreman, and Bud Gawk because he was there with his wife and a couple and his his newborn daughter. So well, we were all we did when we were on the bus going to the next town was watch Disney because Bud's daughter wanted to watch these Disney things. And all of a sudden, Todd Foreman said, "Listen to these songs. Look how great these kids' songs are. Why can't we do something like that?" I said, "Well." I can, I, you know, I can write them, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy to write a children's record. That's no problem. So then when we got home, we recruited Mike Dangerously and Mr. Crumb, two Long Beach stalwart musicians. And, um, and both of those two guys write too. So uh, we whipped up a batch of songs and knocked out a a children's record um, called, uh, introducing jelly of the month club uh, we took the name jelly of the month club and uh, like i said i was in it for six years we made two records the second record um shoot i can't think of what the title is but we really had fun played tons of shows um uh, just had a blast playing for children and their parents and i had a lot of fun writing and and performing in that and then after six years, I kind of handed the mantle off to uh, Mike, D, and Todd Foreman uh, remained. And they're kind of running it now. And uh, they're actually doing uh, shows at Knott's Berry Farm. Every year they do a, I don't know, like a five-week run of shows there on a big stage. And it's become a huge thing every year at Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, yeah, they uh the Jelly of the Month Club, especially early on, um my my thirteen year old, um, quite a few years ago was was deep into the Jelly of the Month Club C D that actually you sent to me, Bert, so thank you. Um and uh I just thought that, well, that was a that was a cool a cool project um as well. So I Obviously, you know, music is, is something that you love to do. Um, it's something that you're, you're so well known for in the community. You have a couple of sons. I don't know if they're interested in music, but you have one that can like make half court basketball shots on one foot while on a skateboard. <laughs> how, how the hell did that come about? 
Well, uh, yes, I have four sons. Uh, my wife and I have been married now for 30, you better get this right, 30, <laughs> 32 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And believe it or not, uh, that's what your brother liked most about me, I think, even more than the music, was he just saw me as a family man. Mm. And he always told me that we, that that's what he wanted to be. And that's what he wanted out of his life. And he was very, very nice to me about the fact that I was a dad. And um, by the way, and I'll get to that part of it. But by the way, um, when I had my second son, Eric, we were opening for Sublime. I don't remember what town it was in. Your brother got this card that was the size of a football field, a greeting card. <laughs> and he made everybody sign it. And I'll never forget it. I rolled up to the venue. I had literally, my hat, we'd had my son that morning. Oh. And I went home, got a couple hours sleep, went to the venue. And Brad presented me with this gigantic, huge, biggest greeting card I've ever seen. Everybody signed it. Even Eric Wilson with his scribble. <laughs> and uh he, your brother was so excited that i had two two sons now and uh those are the kind of things that i remember about him the things that touched me and the other one yeah. because i'll forget kelly um he was in san francisco i was back in huntington where i lived and he was all playing shows and they came back and everybody gathered around he said i have something for you i said oh yeah what's that he said I was walking down the street and this guy had this purple shirt and it just said Bert on it. And it had that character Bert from Sesame street. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Brad said to the guy, <laughs> Bradley, so they know who I'm, <laughs> because I'm, we're referencing so many Brad, but this is all about Bradley. Sure. Yeah. Um, he said to the guy, Hey, can I give you my shirt and you give me your <laughs> shirt to complete stranger? The guy's like, oh, that's pretty cool surf shirt you have there. Okay, yeah, well, let's make the swap. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, Brad put it in his bag and kept it there because he could not wait to give it to me when he got back into town. And that purple uh, shirt that says burn on it is uh, it's a treasure. That's fabulous. I can totally see him doing that, by the way. I love that oh, story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And so... Um, yes, my oldest son, Paul, is deeply involved in music. Uh, he is recording. Uh, he's a songwriter as well, and but he's an excellent guitar player. He's recording in Hollywood a bunch of tracks right now. And um, the people who have been hired to be his backup band are... Um, I, I was... Paul McCartney's guitar player was there on the session. Whoa. Um, I know um, uh, uh, the, the drummer from uh, uh, Kelly, oh, Kelly Clarkson's bass player. Oh there was goodness. all these studio musicians in there with him right now. It's, it's not his debut record because he was asked to write songs and sing for a specific project. So um, uh, the, the, the drummer from the Vandals, I can't, it's embarrassed right now, I can't think of his name. 
the biggest drummer in hall in, in the in the punk rock world is played on some of the tracks too but long story short yes he's in that my second son uh, jared that you referenced uh jared is um eric and he spent his entire childhood skateboarding but he doesn't have a competitive bone in his body everybody told him you could be a competitive professional skateboarder you're right there with the best but he had no interest he just loves to do it he did it three hours a day every day of his life for years wow and then he started combining skateboarding with basketball tricks because i put all of them through basketball i coached them and or taught them all because i was a basketball player so i taught them all four were in leagues at different times or simultaneously so he started doing basketball tricks combined with his skateboarding tricks and has been recording them for years. And again, I always say, Eric, if you could just combine these, put them out, you're famous. The, this stuff is incredible. Oh, I'm not interested in that. He's just super chill. You know what I mean? He likes to do stuff for the fun, but he's, he's not looking to be have his name in the paper. He's not that guy. And then Does he I post have, the stuff on YouTube that we could share with everybody? Um, he has a few, but th- th- he's probably done 50 or 60 that are unbelievable. And he's post probably four. Oh God. <laughs> I think, I think it's just Bert that posts them. That's, that's the yeah. only place I ever see him. Yeah. I usually put them on Facebook. They're up there for a few days and then they're gone again. If someone would compile them, I'm telling you, he could be on the tonight show because they're freakish. When you see all of them together, it's it's science fiction. So, um, yeah, but he's Eric Suzanka. You can find a little bit of stuff probably on YouTube and on his Instagram, uh, E-R-I-C Suzanka, S-U-S-A-N-K-A. Um, and then I have two other sons. One's graduated college and one is a junior in, in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I mean, obviously, you guys are so well known for your music, but you know, if you if you follow Bert on on Facebook, um, you you see just all these crazy like half court skateboard shots, one arm from the full court, and then like, you know, if you follow Dicky Ziggin, you get like really good hot dog casserole recipes and things <laughs> like that. So. Oh, you got to love Dickie, man. There is nobody, nor will there ever be. Uh, By the way, on our new record, Oregon, there is a song I wrote called Dickie Ziggin. And it's just about being with Dickie and experiencing the greatness and the weirdness (laughs) and the whatever that is Dickie. Because, uh, uh, you know, the first time Brad Knoll and Eric Wilson ever met Dickie, it was at a show backstage when he rejoined the band, and uh, Eric Wilson said, uh, hey, "I heard of you used to be in the band. Where'd you? Where were you? Where'd you go?" And Dickie said, "Oh, well, I spent a little time in the in prison, and which is a lie." And uh, <laughs> Eric says, "Oh, well, what'd you do, dude?" And uh, Dickie said, "All I could say is." How did I know she was the sheriff's daughter? <laughs> oh my gosh. And Eric was like, whoa, that's a trip. Of course it was all made up. Right. I think he's never been to prison, but he he tells 
everybody it meets, he tells them a story that is complete fabrication. Their jaw drops to the floor, and he just loves it. He loves it. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. So <laughs> so it kind of comes full circle. You know, you, you meet Brad, and you start opening for Sublime, and then the tables kind of turn a little bit, and Brad, you know, makes sure that you're playing on his shows. Um, what was it like to have, see, and hear a Ziggins cover on a Sublime album? Uh, and for those who and for those who don't know, I'm talking about Big Salty Tears, which of course appears on uh, Acoustic and Friends. Yeah. Uh, well, he got most of the words wrong. That's what I remember from it. But uh, <laughs> he always got most of the words wrong, even on his own songs. <laughs> but it, it, you know what? It was so charming and it was so thoughtful. And you know what? When they were recording. Uh, the the final record a couple of my songs are being knocked around as possibly being on the record but they already had a cover or two and they said well you know let's hold off and but i'm gonna tell you guys if um if bradley uh, hadn't pressed on to be with the lord um i know i would have written a couple of songs over a couple of albums for them and they would have put them on their records, and it would have been bliss. Because I loved the little snippet of Big Salty Tears, and I loved when they referenced, you know, Bert Suzanka made me drink, or it's the Ziggins' greatest hits, or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. It meant a great deal to us. And 90% of the people to this day who know the Ziggins buy our T-shirts and records or come to our shows, it's because of Bradley Knoll. Eric Wilson, Bud Gaw, Michael Happel. That's why. And they otherwise wouldn't have ever known about us in a zillion years. So what can I say except thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I pray for the repose of the soul of that wonderful man to this day because that's what I do. I pray in life. I pray for everybody, whether they're already passed away or whether they're here. That's what I do. So I pray for him. I think about uh, him and his light and his spirit. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan. And then I just loved, I loved uh, his his beautiful voice. I think That's we awesome. all did. I, I yeah. think we all did. And uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to, even being an East Coast kid, I was lucky enough to see the Ziggins perform live uh in long beach you guys played at alex's for the uh the the memorial show that miguel put together um and it was just really cool to be able to be there and and see you guys do that and then in fact actually i bought a t-shirt at that show um and at the time i had just moved to portland oregon and you got me the tickets to go see slightly stupid pero bravo and uh fortunate youth in portland and i actually wore the shirt that i got to the concert and i got there a little bit early and there's like a little restaurant bar in the front of the venue before you go into the actual big concert venue in portland and i walked in and as soon as i walked in miguel is standing there with uh mud and i'm like all right man just be cool don't play it cool play it cool here 
um, you know, they're having their, they're having their pre-show meal. Just don't even, don't just walk past them. So I was going to walk right past, like I didn't even notice them. And Miguel goes, Oh, Hey man, the Ziggins, awesome shirt. And I just kind of looked up and went, yeah. <laughs> and I just kept on walking. <laughs> Well, let me he tell was you. speechless. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Miguel or Mike has done more things over the years to as an advisory, uh, as an advisor to me. I can't even count the amount of times I'm like, you know what? I don't know what to do here with this producer, with this track. Or, hey, Mike, what do I do? Okay, let me give you advice. And he has never once said, you owe me. You know what I mean? He just gives and gives so many things to us all. I, I I really cannot say how much he put into Sublime mm. and how much he put into the Ziggins, both a lot. And he, he was he is truly a wonderful gentleman. Don't get me wrong, he'll punch you in the nose if he needs to. <laughs> but he he is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And it, to him it's he all is. about the music. It's all about the music. He doesn't care about all the other nonsense and the the posturing and this that's like the music. Are we gonna yeah. make a great are we gonna make a beautiful song here? That's what he cares about. Yeah, and he stayed true to that and I love that about him. In fact, he's one of our newest board members with the Knoll Family Foundation. Super really? excited to have him on board. Yeah. Just a great human. I love him. I did not know that. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah. 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 You don't have to tell me every single week when we get on our little group call or text to plan out the show. I'm always like, well, maybe we should just have Miguel on. Kelly's like, yeah, we, we, we've had him twice. I would like to talk to him all the time too, but the listeners probably want to hear other guests. And I'm like, I don't even, the listeners, I just want to talk to Meg. Yeah. Oh. Because well, who, who are you possibly ever going to get on that number one knows more right. about it? And number right. two is more interesting. Just he's one of those people you talking about. We would be in the van driving. He drove us in that white van when Ziggins were touring from mm -hmm. Long Beach all the way up the coast, Oregon, Washington, Canada, all the way back. And this is what I would say to him. I was so bored just sitting there. But since it's him, you see two guys standing on the street, right? And you pass by him. I say, hey, Mike, what are those two guys saying to each other? You know, and then he would start saying, well, I think the guy is saying this to the other guy, like, hey, you kick your heads off my wife, you know, and I mean, you just make them up and I would just wheeze in the back of the bed, just hold it my sides. I just do anything to get him to just start talking about anything because I can't, I can't stop listening to that oh. man just talk about anything. He goes on and on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he uh, he certainly has stories for days. And in fact, he was our second guest on the podcast. We had Brad and Kelly's dad on first. We had Miguel on second. And he had his guitar on the entire time. And he noodled throughout the whole interview. And Oh, my uh, gosh. And, and, and in fact, played me in into the intro. He said, yeah, come on, man. It's going to be like South Park, you know, the little the little guitar intro play in. So, yeah, he's uh, he's, wow. he's He's certainly a lot of fun, but I just think it's so funny that, you know, this, this kid that grew up on the East coast comes, comes into California and he, he becomes a member of the Ziggins and then becomes a member of sublime and connects everybody and makes this whole big thing. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that the, the fans 
Well, the true fans do, but I don't think the average Sublime fan realizes how much he has contributed to this no, this scene no. and, and this right. genre. And believe me, I saw it. He sat in a room with a fax machine, okay? So it had a mm-hmm. fax machine and a telephone. And he faxed stuff out and talked on the phone. And he, they went from a couple of dudes playing shows at backyard parties because of him pounding and pounding and pounding i i yes. honestly believe well i don't i don't know that because of brad you know they're all their talent eventually yes they would have broken through but he had a huge part in breaking that band and uh, people do not know that right so 19 years the ziggins don't put out an album and you guys decide that you're gonna do oregon how how does that come about? I mean, had, have you guys been just t- took you 19 years to write these songs or? <laughs> no, no. Not I write all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, no, but, what but where'd you guys was... go? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, you, you don't know many bands that have been together for 30 years, the same four dudes. So, I mean, we will continue to play shows over and over and they start slowing down. We didn't play as many, but we played tons of shows. And we still played quite a few shows per year up up until COVID. Um, what happened was, okay, um, everybody got busy, you know, marriages, um, uh, uh, jobs, uh, kids, different things. And um, so I did a record. Oh, and by the way, if you're listening and you, you know, if you haven't heard this, I wrote a song called um, uh, The Trip That Needed to Be Took. And I did it on a solo record. Uh, it's called Bert Suzanka, um, Onward Christian Slater. And um, Michael Happold, I said to him, hey, I want you to come in, put a little more guitar on the song, and I want you to do lead vocals, but I want you to s- speak, just do spoken vocals. And so he did this really cool letter to bradley knoll spoken on my record and it's a beautiful surf number with him just talking to brad um and it's on it's it's called bert suzanka it's a solo record i put out and the song is called um the trip that needed to be took so um i think that's going to be something really special if you want to hear what it's like for michael to talk to brad posthumously if you will. Mm. So, so um, I recommend that. But so I did that record and then I did another record with some friends under the heading uh, Bert Zanka and the astronaut love triangle. And that kind of was just underground. I don't, there wasn't like really much of a formal release. I think you'd have to really search on Bandcamp to find it. It wasn't really released per se. And then I did two records with jelly of the month club. So that's probably every three or four years I put out a record right there. Mm-hmm. And then and then there was a couple of years where we didn't, you know, we just played tons of shows and we're just enjoying playing shows. And then I called the guys up and said, hey, you know what? I've got 10, I got, uh, actually I had 42 songs. I said, I'm sitting here with 42 songs. Let's uh, whittle it down to 19, okay? We'll put out one for each year. One song for each year that we had since we haven't. What do you say? Well, yeah, cool. Let's do it. So we went in there and uh, Chris Jackson, this wonderful uh, 
a fellow we know from DP Piazza's who runs the sound there has a home studio. I drove from my work in Redlands twice a week in rush hour traffic from Redlands to North Long Beach. God, that's hardcore. Yeah, it was very hard. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. So it was really, really exhausting. And I had to whittle down 42 songs, but I wanted to record portions of all 42 songs so i could say nah you know you kind of got to record them a little bit to get a feel for them Mm. and um so we whittled it down to 19 and put it out i don't know what was five six months ago or something and uh um yeah so that's kind of how it came to be but i i've been extremely busy with music the whole time um and right now i'm writing a 100% 100% vintage surf record that I'm going to be recording down the road. And then after that, I'm going to do, I'm writing now also um, a vocal record that I want to put out and it's going to be all original music, songs of praise and worship, all songs, you know, uh, praising and worshiping God from kind of an underground <laughs> weirdos perspective. Um, and I'm going to put that out but that'll come after the surf record. So those are my next two things that I'm working nice. on. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. And oh, of course, you. during all that, you also reprised Big Salty Tears for the house that Bradley built. And we were so stoked to have you do that. Well, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I got to say uh, that literally took an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, it was, I said, you know what? I was pleased that I was asked to do it because um, I figured if I was asked, I would be asked to do a sublime song, which would make perfect sense. But since Brad covered Big Salty Tears, mm. you guys kind of came up with, well, have, why doesn't he do his own song? Because Brad <laughs> did a version of it too. And so I thought that was very clever. And um, so uh, just sat down with the piano, banged it out in an hour and um was happy the way it turned out and really really proud and pleased and thoughtful to be uh asked to do that Uh, it was really special to have you be part of it so thank you thank you well bert for all of our listeners um again i I really would find it hard that anybody isn't already well informed with the ziggins but uh where can they find you guys where can they find your music uh go ahead and plug all your stuff man oh thank you um our website is called zigginsofficial.com we have ziggin t-shirts we have ziggin cds we have videos of and pictures of us with sublime uh even videos of us jamming with uh brad would jump up on the mic not a lot because you know that was many years ago but there's some stuff there so if you're not well versed with the ziggins i would recommend going to zigginsofficial.com everything's on there anything you might want to order we have a greatest hits we call it greatest zits our greatest zit cd <laughs> Because we're the Ziggins. <laughs> there never was a hit. Um, see, you know, we would always joke, this next number is sweeping through Westminster. It's rising <laughs> to the top of the charts. <laughs> Westminster. <laughs> that's but awesome. It, yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's the best way to go. Um, the, the, the new CD is called Oregon. 
And, uh, you know, we're happy with the way it turned out, but we're also happy with all our other records too, on some level, um, few clinkers mixed in, but a lot of good songs as well. So, um, it's, it's worth checking out and there's nice t-shirts and lots of pictures and videos. And you can check out the awesome track. Uh, we spoke so much about him. Uh, Miguel Happold's Diablo Dentisto. How, how did that come about? Yeah, I, I wrote a song. It was basically an instrumental, but I uh, Michael came by when I was recording it. He came by the studio because he was dropping something off or picking something up. And I said, hey, I have this instrumental. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, like, maybe a horrible trip to the dentist office. You want to just get up there? <laughs> sure. So he got up there and we sampled in a bunch of screaming and the Michael said things and we made it into a track about the worst dentist appointment anyone could ever have in a foreign country. Nice. nice. <laughs> well, Bert, I could, uh, I could keep you all night, um, but we'll, we'll save it because I'm sure there's enough to get you back on here. We're going to need as many awesome guests as we can have throughout the time. So um, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on and doing this. Um, I know we've been, only been talking about it for like nine months. We've been trying to get together <laughs> and, and do this. So I'm happy that we were finally all able to, to get on the same page and, and get this yes. out because people ask all the time or, or they don't ask and they recommend it as if, you know, we wouldn't be familiar. Have you guys, have you guys thought about asking Bert from the Ziggins to be on the show? And I'm like, oh wow, what a great idea. Could you, could you spell Zig and Bert as that B U or yeah. E? What is that? <laughs> yeah, so, well, uh, Jared, I can't, I can't thank you and Kelly enough. You guys are doing the Lord's work. I'm proud of both you and the whole team over you. there. And um, everybody, you know, sent, uh, Ziggin, sending Ziggin love to everybody and uh, just everybody keep the faith. Thank you so much, Bert. Much respect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, you guys. And uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Well, I'll tell you right now, I, Bert did not disappoint. Not that I thought that he would, but God, I could have kept him on for hours and hours. And you talk about somebody who's been around since since day one with Sublime and your brother, Bert. Uh, Bert is certainly the guy. He is such a great guy. It was really fun talking with him. And I, I really, from the first time I heard their music, I totally understood why Brad was so into it. It just, um, just, just great you know, lighthearted, fun. And, um, and I think that's why they've had such a, a big following for so long. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. And like I said, to, to be able to have somebody on that, um, you know, influenced Brad or that Brad liked so much, it was, mm. uh, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's neat to, it's neat to be able to see both ends of, of the spectrum. So I, uh, I can't thank Bert enough for, for coming on and doing that. Absolutely. And, and again, guys, everything that we're doing here, uh, we're doing to raise awareness for the Knoll Family Foundation and to get Bradley's house up and open. Um, you guys know what you can do to, to be your part of it. You can go ahead and click the link tree in the description of the show. It'll let you everything that Knoll Family Foundation. You can visit the website, thenollfamilyfoundation.org. Um, I know there's still some pins left. Are there still some pins left at this point, Kelly? There, there are still some pins left. Okay. In fact, um, Brindy and I just, did uh, shipped out 24 orders yesterday so yeah there are there are some left not too many but um i definitely encourage people to go onto our website 
thenoelfamilyfoundation.org and click on that merchandise link and check those out. We've got a lot of great stuff on there. And of course, the pins that we released in honor of the one-year anniversary on January 15th of the House That Bradley Built album. The time is just going by so fast. I can't believe that that album's been out for a year. A uh, huge thank you to uh, everybody that, that that was on that. And of course, uh, Law Records. And you guys can pick that up at law-records.com. And uh, all of the proceeds go directly to the Knoll Family Foundation. Uh, Kelly, I'm getting super excited. I talked about it in the beginning. It's cold. It's snowing. That weather is not going on in California. I'm ready for some Cali vibes is what I'm ready for. We are excited to have you and Anna and so many people that are coming out West for Cali vibes. And of course, for our show on February 3rd at Alex's. Why don't you tell them about that, Jared? For those of you who haven't seen, and of course, uh, you need to be following the Knoll Family Foundation on all of their social medias. Um, but we were able to put together just such an awesome benefit show for the Knoll Family Foundation. And it is uh, Long Beach Legends and Legacies. Um, as far as your legends go, I mean, we talked about him a lot today. Miguel's going to have his band Pero Bravo out there, which also mm. features another Long Beach legend with uh, with Mud, who we've had on the podcast as well. Um, and of course, Eric Wilson's band Spray Allen um, is going to be out there um, putting on uh, playing a bunch of their new music. Looking Rest- forward to that. Yeah, Ras One, who is uh, hitting the scene hard again. Um, you know, he's really it's it's tough to think of him as like you know an up and comer because he's he was away for so long. But um, you know, it, it's uh, I'm so excited to see Ras get out there um, for sure and, and play with his band. And then Legacies, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, but uh, Jacob. Bradley's son and Billy Wilson, Eric's son, are going to be performing some sublime songs together, which is just like, uh, I know for you as like an, an aunt and, and brother, or excuse me, sister, um, it, it's special for you. But as a sublime fan, it, it's just something that is like, it's almost too good to be true. So um, that is all going down at Alex's bar in Long Beach. Um I want to say there might be a few tickets left, but by the time you hear this, there may not be, but you should still check alexsbar.com just to be safe. Um, But gosh, that is a show that I just, uh, I, I thought I was excited for Cali vibes until we were able to finalize everything for that. And Cali vibes is almost like secondary for for that (laughs) night. I mean, which is still going to be a great weekend, but it's going to, it's going to be amazing. It's going to, it's going to be amazing. And the lineup at Cali vibes is absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But as a, as a sublime fan for so long um, in one night to be able to have, uh, you, you know, Jacob there singing some of his dad's songs to have Eric, Miguel, uh, everybody all under one roof and all doing it um, to, to help raise money for the Noel Family Foundation. It's just something that uh, that I'm super proud of and super excited for. So yeah. um, I, I really can't wait for that. And uh, Absolutely. My goal is to make it through the night without bawling my eyes out, especially Jacob and Billy said, if I can get through that without crying. I should be pretty good for the rest there's of the There's no but fucking we'll chance. There's, <laughs> there's no chance. That, don't make a different goal because you're setting yourself up for failure. Set a new goal. Um, oh. because I don't, I don't know. I don't know that there's going to be many dry eyes. Um, oh. throughout. It's, uh, 
but it's it's a good thing and it's uh, it's all being done for a good thing and then i also wanted to point out because we talked about it a lot uh, and i'm gonna have anna include it in the description but um steve jackson and tona guitars um guys make sure you check out tona guitars it's t-o-n-a uh, steve jackson's been a huge supporter of the noel yes. family foundation he's an amazing guy and on top of all of that he makes beautiful instruments um it's i've had a chance amazing. All one piece of wood. Um, it, these, I mean, it's literally their works of art. So, For sure. um, check out Tona Guitars, and uh, the, he, he's posting pictures on Facebook. And you know, again, I know that uh, that Law has a Tona guitar that they use. Yeah. Bert just mentioned he has a Tona guitar that he uses. I think Kyle Smith might have one. I think so. Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's some Tona guitars out there. So chances are, if you're a fan of this podcast and listen to the, a lot of the musicians that we have on here, you've probably heard a tone of guitar at some point. So mm. go ahead and check them out as well. Um, but other than that, Kelly, awesome, awesome chat with Bert. And I am just like eyeing down Cali vibes because like I said, two feet of snow, it's still snowing as I'm looking out the window <laughs> right now. Nice. Um, yeah. So in fact, it was funny because the other night when I was talking to you, it was what 66 at your house and it was negative seven at my house. And yeah. I think I, I think I realized that the difference, the difference in temperature was actually a higher number than your, your real temperature was because I was in the negatives. So, so crazy. Uh, so crazy. But, but as as I'm saying all of this, I believe I don't know what it is today, but I know yesterday Anna was at negative thirty four. I can't even was. comprehend that. Yeah, so, that is just beyond. Yeah, yeah. Anything. So I can't. So needless to say, we're we're ready for we're ready for Cali vibes. Absolutely, and so I'm so sure excited guys- to see you guys, and so stoked for you guys coming out here to help out at the booth at Cali Vibes, which of course is February fourth through sixth at Marina Green Park in Long Beach. So. If you haven't already gotten your tickets, make sure you do that, people. Yeah, and stop by and uh, and check out the Noel Family Foundation booth. Uh, we'll have some awesome merch out there and some cool information. And you never know who's going to be stopping by the booth throughout the throughout the time. So um, look forward to seeing all of you guys there. Um, obviously, I think tonight's uh, obviously I think tonight's song is a no brainer. I mean, what else? Yes. We, what else are we going to play here, Kelly? Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, it has to be from the house that Bradley built, the Ziggins and Bert Sazenka's cover of their own song <laughs> that Sublime covered, Big Salty Tears. Until next week, guys, I am Jared Orr. She is Kelly Noel. We are out of time. You don't have to go home, but you have to leave Bradley's house. Big salty tears What I tasted As I drove Past your house tonight And now they're resting On my burger As I start to fry Big salty tears Here in line Even those young fresh
fresh fellows They don't sound too good tonight And all of those brake lights That are in front of me They leave a, a watery Thank you. 